Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. In a way to prepare a place for us. Lord, help us to find that place, to live in it, Lord. It's not just a vacation cottage, an inheritance mansion. It's our permanent residence, so available right now. Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can have a seat. Amen. We're gonna, I'm going to just dig around on that thought tonight, where we were this morning. And um, we're John 14, Jesus said, don't worry or turn to your fear, to your fear. This is Passion Translation. You believe in God, now trust and believe in me also. My father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly, but I, because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. There's a place. David sang about it. You know, it's what, if you read all the Old Testament prophets and all that, they all had something, you know, a revelation of God. But, but what David had was a revelation of access to God. He was like a prototype of New Testament worship. He was the forerunner of who we have, of who we are today. When he was a a young boy, the prophet Samuel poured the oil on his head. It says the Spirit of the Lord rushed mightily upon David and remained upon him. And he walked in that. He lived in that. That was his, that was David's secret. David was a great songwriter because of the anointing that was all over him. He was a great warrior because of the anointing that was all over him. He was a great king because of the the anointing that was all over him. He was able to, to keep, as a teenager, able to hide from this mighty king and this army for years because God was his dwelling place. And that's what he said. That's what his songs were about. You are my hiding place. You are my place to dwell. And this is, this is what Jesus is getting at in this. I'm going to prepare a place for you. He wasn't talking about heaven alone. Because our, our home in heaven is him. It starts now. It doesn't start when you die. It starts now. So many of us, so many Christians don't take advantage of what's been purchased for us. What's been purchased for us is the immersion, full immersion. Don't get stuck up on definitions and and words. He purchased for us full immersion into God. John the Baptist called it baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus called it the promise of the Father. But it's it's what was purchased on the cross was access to God, access into God, God becoming your hiding place, God becoming your home, your new residence. Christ in you and me in him. John 14, 20, in that day you'll know that, that I, the, the, I, I am in my Father, the Father is in me, you are in me and I am in you. It's like what is he even saying? It's like we're all tangled up in God. God's around me and God's in me. He's my dwelling place. 
This is my home. So I have this, I want to read this to you, um, this blog that I wrote the other day. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. This famous passage has been used to comfort God's people for, for 2,000 years. I wonder how many grieving spouses, children, parents, and friends have found eternal strength through these words at the death of a loved one. Of course, Jesus had our eternal dwelling in heaven in mind when he spoke these words to his disciples the night before his death, but was that all he was speaking about? If you continue to read the next three chapters of John, this verse was just the physical, this verse was just the the beginning of his discourse on the Holy Spirit. Our dwelling place that he prepared is not a physical building, but a spiritual place to dwell in, in for eternity. The dwelling place is in his church. It's in the house of God. You know, we, in, in America, we think of things that we're so independent in individual thinking. When, when he talks about that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, it's the plural you. He dwells in us corporately. He dwells in his body. What, what is the hope? The hope if, you, if you haven't seen it yet, the whole reason a church exists, the purpose of the church is to be the temple, the dwelling place of God. And when you're not flowing with the, the temple, you're, you're actually, you're separating yourself from the life of God. That's what Paul said in Ephesians 4. You're alienating yourself from the life of God when you're not flowing with his body. That's what it says in the Bible. And he, so anyway, um, if you continue to read these next three chapters, he's talking about the eternal dwelling place. We will actually be in him and he in us. The good news is that this doesn't begin when we die. It only intensifies when we die. We begin to enjoy our new dwelling place here now because Jesus has died, resurrected, and is glorified at the Father's right hand. Now, here's how Augustine describes this verse. He goes, he's the, the mind twister, so you have to think about what he's saying. He says, but, but why has he gone away to prepare it if it is ourselves that he prepares? He went away to prepare a place, but we're the ones he's preparing. We are his house. I'm going away to prepare a place, but why is he going away if, if I'm the one he's preparing? If he leaves us, how can he prepare us? The meaning is that in order that those mansions may be prepared, the just must live by faith. If you see there is no faith, let Christ go away then so that he is not seen. Let him remain concealed that faith may be exercised. Then a place is prepared if you live by faith. Let faith desire so that that place desired may itself be possessed. The longing of love is the preparation of the mansion. In this way, Lord, prepare what you are preparing, for you are preparing us for yourself and yourself for us, inasmuch as you are preparing a place both for yourself in us and for us in you. For you have said, abide in me and I in you, as far each one has made up in Made, been made a partaker of you, some less, some more, such will be the diversity of rewards in proportion to the diversity of merits. Let me say that in, in plain everyday English. The more you partake of God in this life, the more you're, it affects your eternal dwelling place. 
You'll know him to the degree that you know him. You know, that, that's true in everything. You know, I, 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 the relationships you have in this world, which are the ones that will last into eternity? The relationships that you have in this world, the, the ones that will be meaningful in eternity are, are only the spiritual relationships. If your relationship with a person is based on Christ, then that relationship will continue into eternity. If your relationship is based on anything else, it won't continue into eternity. Because it's, that's, that's what's happening. God is preparing. He's preparing a place. He's preparing a place. He's preparing a place. He's preparing me. And he's preparing you. He's preparing a place. He's preparing a place. Lift up your hands. He's preparing this place. He's preparing this place. He's preparing this place, and, 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 and how he does it is by working us, working us, and molding us, and, and gelling us together in the body of Christ, that we can be his dwelling place here on earth, and his dwelling place in heaven. We are his dwelling place. We are his temple. Ah, yeah, You know, it's, it's funny how rebellious people, you know, you know, the devil likes to use God's word, right? Rebellious people do, too. You know what they say? This is so popular. Oh, the, the church isn't a building. I am the church. No, the church is a community. You are not the church. If you're not connected to the community, you're disconnected from the church. The church is not a building, and it's not you. The church is a community of gathered believers. That's what the church is. You're not the church. We are the church. So, yeah. Anyway, I want to, this is some scriptures from David about this house. David was, if you want to know about the house, the true house, God's house, read the Psalms. It's loaded with it. Here's a couple of scriptures. He says, all may drink of the anointing. This is Psalm 36, 8. All may drink of the anointing from the abundance of your house. All may drink their fill from that delightful springs of Eden. Hallelujah. We're drinking from those springs. Where are we drinking? In the house of God. That's where he dwells. That's where the drink is. So it's our drinking place. We, we come into this dwelling place. He's come to prepare a place for us. The, the place he's preparing for us is the house of God. We come into the house of God. He's preparing this place. He's working in Victory Church as one of his habitations on this earth that he's working in us. Ah, breme seca, that it can be a, a habitation. And one of the things that happens when we come into this place that God is working, he's preparing for his, his eternal abodes, is we're able to drink in this place from the rivers of delights. In Psalm 23, verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in his community of believers forever. That's our home. That's our dwelling place. I will dwell 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, it's, it's funny. You know, everybody, when they die, they want to go to heaven. They only think they want to go to heaven. <laughs> heaven won't be a good... It wouldn't be... It's not attractive to, to lost people. There's nothing there that they want. They, they, they only want to go there because they don't want to go there. That's, that's all. That's the, that's the real deal. But, but they don't really want to go there because the only thing that's there is, is Christ and his church. And if they loved Christ and his church, they'd be in it on this, in this earth. Heaven is the church. It's the new Jerusalem. It's Christ and his people. Blessed, in Psalm 65, verse 4, blessed is the man you choose. Oh, this is, this is awesome. This, this verse, David would love to, he, he, I guess he just didn't care if people got mad at him. He, he was thr- they threw a spear at him for about 14 years, and it didn't, it didn't work. The giant chased him, that didn't work. Armies chased him, that didn't work. Blessed is the man that you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. Blessed is the man that you choose and cause to approach you. He drew, he drew, he, he, how does he choose us? With his love, his strange attraction. That's how he, that's how he got th- those disciples. He came up and there was something irresistible about Christ how it was for me I couldn't say no when he came to me I mean in in, in theory I could have but but I couldn't I couldn't say no when he came to me on the lakefront that night how could I say no I'd never tasted a love like that before how could I say no I couldn't say no his love attracted me his love kept me his love brought me into his house his love compels me and pushes me forwards in my calling. S- Psalm 84, verse 1. How lovely are your dwelling places, Lord of armies. How lovely are your dwelling places. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm going to just read one more um, part of this. This could be a sermon that lasted into heaven, actually. <laughs> So, Lord, which one should I read? This, is, this one's pretty good right here. I'll read this one. This, all of it's good because it's all the red letter stuff, so I can't go wrong. But this is, this is John 16, toward the end of his teaching on the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 through 15. He said, when he, is, when he the spirit of truth comes. Now, this, again, Greek language is... is, is um, verbose, there's a lot in it. And it's hard to get one word. For, it's spirit of truth. It's the spirit of aletheia, which means reality, or, or the, the, the substance, the very essence of something that lies underneath, the reality of something, the substance that supports something. So, the, yeah, the authentic, the authenticity of, of something. So when he, the, the spirit of reality or authenticity comes, he will guide you into, into that reality. 
For he will not speak of his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. It's the Holy Spirit. He will disclose to you what is to come, and he will glorify me, for he will take from mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. This is why I said that he takes from mine and will disclose it to you. Yeah, he comes, and he begins to speak to us. He begins to speak to us and reveal to us the reality of God. He, he makes Jesus so real to us. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. He, he begins to reveal to us the beauty of Christ, the power of his humanity, the power of his ministry, the power of his words, the power of his crucifixion, the power of his resurrection, the, 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 uh, the majesty of Christ seated at the right hand of the Father, the glory that flows out from him, all of that becomes real to us and, and, and palatable, real, substantial. It carries substance and weight to us. The presence of God, at the, Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Jesus becomes real to you. Jesus becomes real to you. Jesus becomes your forever friend. You can wake up in the night and you can sense his presence. He becomes real to you. He's there with you in your car. He's there with you on the job. He's in the songs. You'd never think of offending him by, by going back into a lifestyle of, of fornication or drunkenness or, or substance abuse because he's there and he's real to you. How could you? When Christ is there, he, he brings, he makes the Bible the authentic, authenticity of this book. It carries more weight than anything else. In anything else in your life, this book becomes the, the final yes and amen of everything. The, the Holy Ghost makes it alive and real from Genesis to Revelation. He speaks into our hearts. Oh, the Holy Spirit speaks to us the importance of the gathering of his church. He begins to give us a, a fear of God that we could never, we can never speak against the house of God or, or God's people. We, we recognize the, the holiness of the house of God. This is his house purchased with his blood. I didn't ask for this job. I didn't call myself to be a pastor. I was a pothead for Pete's sake. He called me. You can't speak against me, but you can speak against him. It gives you a perception of the spirit of Antichrist becomes real to you. The spirit that's behind manipulating everything in the world, moving the pawns around thinking they're actually, you know, actually they think, oh yeah, they're organizing. Don't they read the Bible, this, this ginormous 200 million man army coming from China? Don't they read the Bible? It's right there, 2,000 years old. They think they're going to do it, and they think they're going to come against Israel and, and defeat the Lord and his Christ. How dumb can you get? It's right there. It's right there in the book. And they're still trying to do it. The spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist and the one world government, this, this, this affair that all the politicians have with the one world government, they've lost their minds. Globalism is demonic. It's the spirit of Antichrist. The moment of time that we live in, 
The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the awareness. If we, you know, we, we catch glimpses of it, little, little, little hints of it. If any of us had a glimpse of where we are in God's time clock, we'd be finished. If you could see, if you could see that I'm actually right about my prophetic time clock, <laughs> just a joke. But if you could see where we are, it would shock. Every one of us would be shocked. We are at the edge, peering into an eternity. How should we then live our lives? Run into his house. You know, Paris had a dream about, she's had a couple of dreams recently about the last days and about a, 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 a wave of destruction and a wave of, of revival coming across America. And the, all the, in, in this, there was this sense, you know, in the dream that you, you had to get into ch the church. You had to run into the house of God. It was the only, it was the ark. It was the ark. It was just as it was in the days of Noah, it became very real. The church is the, it's the ark that God's provided for this generation. People made fun of Noah. For a hundred years, they mocked him. And Noah kept on hammering and preaching, building the ark. You're a fool, Noah. Until they were drowning. <laughs> Just as it was in the days of Noah. So what shall we do? Find our hiding place. Find the dwelling place. Find the refuge. Find your place on the wall. Find your place in the house of God. Hide yourself in his church. Hide yourself in his glory, in his presence, in the house of God. It's his refuge. Come on, let's, let's pray together. Get on your feet. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.